Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Plant Powered People Podcast, brought to you by World of Vegan and Plant Based on a Budget, with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto. Today, our episode is all about making healthy eating delicious and fun. We've recently had on several guests to the Plant Power Pe- Powered People, <laughs> the Plant Powered People Podcast. There you go. Who have been doctors just dishing out all kinds of knowledge. We had Dr. Esselstyn about reversing heart disease. We had Dr. Kambata about mastering diabetes. We had Dr. Bolshewitz for two episodes talking about the power and importance of gut health. And the central message from all of these doctors is to eat more plants. We all know we should be doing it, but the practical application of that is not always so easy. A lot of times we picture eating more plants looking very bland and boring and like a lot of sacrifice, but friends, it does not have to be that way. Tony and I have both been in quite a health kick lately. I have been eating healthier over the past like month, partly inspired by recording all these episodes. So I hope you're all listening, feeling the same, but just integrating so many more plants into my life. And I feel so good and energized by it. So we're really excited today to bring on Danielle Brown, who is a total rock star at helping us eat more plants. Danielle is not only super knowledgeable about eating healthy as she is the healthy girl kitchen, but she's also down to earth and her story is familiar and common and her approach is accessible. We think she's going to definitely inspire you. Danielle is the fastest growing vegan influencer to hit social media and is the face behind Healthy Girl Kitchen. She shares easy and delicious plant-based recipes, meal ideas, and healthy lifestyle inspiration with many million people across the internet. We hope you enjoy this episode. It's a good one. Before we dive into the episode, we're really excited to thank our sponsor, Maxine's Heavenly. They make these amazing vegan cookies that are homemade style. They're, quote, sweetened by nature because they use natural unrefined coconut sugar and dates to sweeten their cookies. Um, They have these soft baked cookies and then they also recently launched crispy cookies that are super delicious. They have a speculoos flavor that is just divine. And you can visit their website and see whole different collections. You could order some for yourself or send some to a friend for just a nice pick me up. Really, really cool brand. I literally ate a whole box of the chocolate chunk cookies in the span of like three days. I'm not even. I'm not even upset about it. I they were so thought you were going to sit in one sitting and I would be like, that's reasonable, but two days. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're an wait. athlete. You should be. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, they're just so good. Um, I can eat them all quickly. <laughs> um, they are for really anyone good. else. For anyone else who wants to um, try them, we highly recommend them. You can go to maxinesheavenly.com, M-A-X-I-N-E-S-H-E-A-V-E-N-L-Y.com and use the code PLANTS25, P-L-A-N-T-S-25 to get 25% off. Thank you as well to our next sponsor, Carviva. Carviva makes 
really great tasting functional organic juices and smoothies. And they actually also make unwind, uh, alcohol-free wine, which is pretty cool. The founder is just on a mission to empower people with their health using some of the healthiest superfoods around. They have really cool in-house hydroponic farming system to grow their clean and sustainable fruits and veggies and ingredients and sprouts. And it's all packed in that goodness in their beverages. I think it's really cute that Carviva is a proud harvest to bottle beverage company, and they do that by growing their own mung bean sprouts, which is pretty cool. And you can find Carviva products at some grocery stores on Amazon and at Carviva.com, K-A-R-V-I-V-A.com. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to the Plant Powered People podcast. Oh my God, you too. Thank you so much for having me. We are excited to chat with you. You are all of the rage and it is amazing to watch your success online. You create such high quality, high value content and it is taking the world by storm. And what is awesome is your healthy message. Usually people are not into salads. Even me, I remember... um, especially when I first became plant-based, I was anti-salad because I didn't want to be associated as a vegan with only eating salads. But now you are shifting perspectives and making it so that people are like dying to have healthy, uh, fresh, whole foods. and, And it's really amazing to watch. Yeah. I really think that people just crave easy recipes. Like that's really what I find. People want to find a recipe, look at it, watch the video, see the picture and be like, okay, I could do that. And that's really my approach. I want people to feel like it's not hard and it doesn't have to be intimidating to take care of yourself and eat healthy. Because I think that, well, one of the number one questions I get is how do you have so much time to cook for yourself all the time? You must be in the kitchen slaving away all day. And I'm like, honestly, I'm really not. I make the easiest healthy meals and I just try to post what I make for myself. Smoothies, wraps, sandwiches, the easiest filling salads. And I just try to take the approach that people are busy, but people also want to take care of themselves, but they want it to also taste good. So I try to incorporate all of that into one. And and that's really how I come up with the recipes I make. Exactly. I I love that approach. It's very accessible and also beautiful. Uh, Using fresh food allows you to enjoy looking at your food. (laughs) So many times in my life when I've gotten too busy or just lazy, I end up eating beige foods, white foods, uh, quick tofurkey sandwich and uh, without a ton of veggies on it. And it is not fun. It is not Instagram worthy. But when you're making a life-changing salad, that is is beautiful and it is fun. I want to take it back a little bit uh, because I, I really want people to get to know you. And let's start with who you are and what you do. Yes. So, well, if anyone didn't know from from you introducing me, I'm Danielle Brown. I 
am now a full-time vegan food blogger. I never set out to make this my full-time job. I didn't even know you could make money as a food blogger, to be honest. I just thought people posted recipes online for fun um, and that they'd write these long stories and long blogs just because it was their hobby. And I always loved to cook though. That was one of my favorite things to do. Growing up, I was obsessed with the Food Network. You could catch me at 7 a.m. watching Rachel Ray, Bobby Flay, Giada De Laurentiis. I was just in love with watching them cook. And I really learned how to cook from watching Food Network. My mom was always a really good cook, but you know, she made dinner every night. I didn't really help her that much in the kitchen. But I always used to like to stand by her and watch her cook. But I honestly really like I learned how to make simple recipes from watching the Food Network, which I don't know if that's like a common thing. Did you guys watch Food Network growing up? I love the competition shows, but I haven't really spent a lot of time watching the uh, main chef demonstrate how to prepare something that is easier or or there are some that are very decadent and those I often did watch at a friend's house, but the competition shows are my fave. Yeah. If I, I could I go know. back and change one thing in my life, it would be to watch cooking shows because you create, it's, it's like you get a, a master's degree in cooking without having to do it and slowly and in an enjoyable way. But sadly, when I was younger, I was eating pasta and cereal and I just didn't even think beyond beyond that. So it didn't, it, the creative spark didn't hit me till much later. And honestly, I feel like I'm getting a whole new creative spark with watching your content and just realizing like, when you talk about amazing salads, it's not just green leafy vegetables. This is like a rainbow of foods coming together and a dressing that is so creamy and has an entire bunch of parsley or cilantro in it. And just these things I never would have considered doing because I didn't grow up watching those things. You now make it accessible to the everyday person, which is so, so cool and beneficial and helpful and has definitely inspired me. Totally. I would watch uh, 30 minute meals with Rachel Ray and she would make an entire dinner, lunch, whatever it was for under 30 minutes. And that just fascinated me. And that really was like where my love for food and cooking started. But I was always a foodie, always just obsessed with food. My mom always used to tell me I was a full-time member of the clean plate club because I always mm -hmm. ate everything off my plate. My parents never had to bribe me to eat dinner. I feel like I had some friends and I don't know about you guys, but I had picky friends and their parents would have to bribe them to finish their meal. And their parents would say, you know, if you finish dinner, you can get dessert. Like I, I was not one of those kids. Um, I ate everything and anything, uh, but I wasn't always vegan. My family, you know, we grew up eating meat, dairy, and eggs, a very standard American diet. I think for the time my mom was healthier than I think most families, but we still, we ate a lot of cheese. I remember eating shredded cheese straight out of the bag. I would just pour it into my mouth. Um, and every night at dinner, we would have some kind of, you know, fish or meat, whether it was like, it was very typical, like chicken, mashed potatoes and broccoli or like fish and rice and a vegetable or a salad. And I mean, we, we grew up eating a lot of dairy, but in high school, I actually went vegetarian and I don't really like talk about this part a lot because it's not too relevant, but I did, I 
did go vegetarian in high school for ethical reasons, but I was a total junk food vegetarian. I mean, I still just ate everything like mac and cheese, pizza, pasta, like everything unhealthy, quesadillas. I just didn't eat meat. I I guess I was pescatarian because I ate fish. But then when I started dating my now husband, Ari, he was a little bit of a bad influence on me. And I went back to eating meat for, for a period of time. We actually were, I feel like we were drunk in New York City and we were underage. We were not supposed to be drinking. And we were at this like a divey restaurant in a basement and we ordered chicken fingers and I hadn't had meat in two years. And I just, I remember I ate one. <laughs> oh my God, this is so good. And I actually went back to eating meat and it wasn't until my freshman year of college that I actually went plant-based. Wow. It's so, it's so interesting because I've, I've gotten the chance to know you and, and I, just to think about you in a, in a divey basement bar, <laughs> underage, drinking, drunk, eating chicken wings. It's like so different than who I know you to be now. And it's it's cool that you've had that transformation. What inspired you to go back to eating vegetarian, but then to being healthy plant-based? So it really started in my second semester of college, but really, so I went to Michigan State University and Michigan State is known for their dining halls. Their dining halls are basically like mall food courts on steroids. They had all you can eat pizza bar, all you can eat pasta bar, make your own ice cream cookie sandwiches, frozen yogurt machines on every corner. I mean, you imagine the kind of food they had in the dining hall. And obviously without parental supervision, this was super exciting. We had cards. We could go unlimited times per day. I was eating frozen yogurt three times a day, you guys. It was it was an obsession. And I remember the all-you-can-eat pasta bar was my favorite. And I would get Alfredo sauce and I would put crab in it and meat. And it was just it was very heavy the way I was eating and I was eating a lot of dairy. And while it was fun to eat unlimited food from the food court in the dining halls, I started to feel really sick after eating. My roommate and I would get back to our dorm room after eating a meal and I would just have the worst stomach ache. And I knew I had to get healthy. I didn't exactly know how to do that or what that meant, but I knew I really had to make some changes for my health. I had always been very into nutrition and health, but eating a plant-based diet was never something that I considered doing, meaning a fully vegan diet without any animal products. I just, whenever I met a vegan, I remember always questioning them saying, well, if you don't eat meat, dairy, eggs, or fish, then literally what do you eat? I just couldn't imagine a meal without animal products, uh, but I, I had to make small changes uh, because I was just feeling so sick. I was sluggish. I was tired all the time. I had chronic chest pain that I now know was like really terrible heartburn and just digestive issues. Um, I used to take three hour naps every day because of how tired I was. And I started, you know, making small changes. I wasn't eating as much sugar. I tried to you know, not eat as much meat. And then I stumbled across uh, the Forks Over Knives documentary. 
which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. But if you're not, it's a documentary about the health benefits of eating plant-based. And, you know, I'm watching this documentary, seeing people reverse heart disease, reverse diabetes. And I was so fascinated and so mind blown that people could reverse these, you know, what you think of as a lifelong disease through food. And I didn't know how I was going to go about eating a plant-based diet, but just from hearing about the benefits, I knew I really wanted to try it. But keep in mind, I was in a dorm room. I had very limited resources. I didn't have a lot of money. I was a very broke college student and I didn't have a car, so I couldn't go grocery shopping. But at the same time, I really wanted to try eating a plant-based diet. So I made the salad bar my best friend. I was microwaving sweet potatoes in my dorm room. I had a big fruit bowl in my room of non-perishable fruit because I didn't have too much fridge space. You know, I kept like protein bars and peanut butter and I would microwave packets of quinoa and rice and I just made it work for myself. And within four months, I had lost weight. I lost about 20 pounds. My chronic heartburn went away. I never was, you know, I didn't have to nap anymore. I felt so much more energized. My skin was clearer. My hormones felt balanced out. I just felt like a lighter, better version of myself. And I knew that I wanted to help other people do the same and help other people feel the benefits of a plant-based diet, just just like I had done for myself. Um, So after I graduated, I received my health coaching certificate from IIN, Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I started my health coaching practice after I graduated and started posting on social media. And before I knew it, I had thousands of people going to my blog every month, thousands of people following me on Instagram. And I just really fell in love with the content creation piece of it and sharing recipes with people through social media. And I really, I really felt that that was where my career was meant to go. And so in the beginning of 2020, I I started food blogging full time. And now we're here. And she means now we're here with many millions of followers who love and adore her and her content. And, uh, and, and that number is growing the people she is reaching. And I feel, I feel like you're, you're reaching these people because you also have a really relatable story. You're not someone who has always been healthy and, and you are not someone who started out with a lot of resources at your disposal. You you have a more common story that is, um, more standard American diet, more obstacles between you and the healthy food at the grocery store and you still made it work and and that's what people want to want to hear and want to see because it's it's so inspiring it it really is when you were making those changes and oh, let's start there when you were making those changes were the people in your life receptive and supportive and if not how did you go about that? I know you had a partner who was a meat eater and that's a separate issue. But yeah, tell us how 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 receptive and supportive people were along your journey. Okay, so starting with my well, now he's my husband, but at the time he was my boyfriend, very supportive, 
he did not have any interest in being vegan. He is now, which we can talk about, but he was supportive, but he did not care at all to try eliminating animal products from his diet. My parents were very supportive. They didn't care. My parents were never really, I don't know, I think some, especially people's relationship with their mothers. I think a lot of moms have like a history of eating disorders and a history of, uh, you know, not having a good relationship with eating and food. And like they pass that on to their daughters. I feel fortunate that my mom was always very like body positive, never really commented on what I ate or my body or anything. So my mom was always supportive of what I was doing in terms of food. Um, I feel like overall, it's overall it was positive, but there were family and friends who were concerned that I wouldn't be getting enough nutrients. And I think not just concern, but like a curiosity of like, wait, so where are you going to get your protein? Like, are you going to be okay if you continue this way? Um, one of those people who I love is my mother-in-law, <laughs> Greta, if you're listening, I love you. But she was very concerned at the time. You know, I remember her saying like, Danielle, like, how are you getting protein? Like, you know, you're losing weight. Are you okay? Like, I think she was worried that I had, you know, some kind of problem, but she actually is vegan now herself and has been for about six years now. So overall, it was very, very positive. That is amazing. Oh, we love that kind of story. Michelle actually has a few people in her life who were really either slightly concerned or straight up obnoxious that she was vegan and they didn't <laughs> they didn't really find yeah. that to be a cool that's, thing uh, but have come really around. Tough. Yeah, but they've come around full circle and uh because because she remained calm, cool, and collected and compassionate, they view her as a, as a resource when they're ready to receive that information. And it's been really cool to, to watch, uh, and to learn more about her experiences that are, that are similar. Yeah. I think a lot of people experience, um, you know, some non-supportive family members, maybe friends who kind of tease them and poke fun at them. But I always say, one, you need to be informed. If you're going to be plant-based, you need to know your why. You need to understand why you're doing it. And you also need to have answers to people's questions so that you can sound educated and so that you can then help people understand. Because if people ask you, you know, where do you get your protein? And you're like, well, I don't know. You know, then it just kind of perpetuates people. Uh, you know, maybe poking fun at you. I say you really need to have answers to the most common questions. Because not that you owe anyone an explanation, but it will help you feel confident in your choice when you can stand up for yourself and you can speak about what you're doing and why you're doing it. It just gives you the confidence and allows you to speak about it um, with pride. And and I feel like with anything that you're doing or anything in life, being able to speak about it and be educated about you know, yourself and why you're doing something is super important. And I felt like from the beginning, I told myself like, look, Danielle, if you're going to do this, if you're going to be vegan, and especially now I'm vegan for ethical reasons, in addition to, to health reasons and for the environment, I'm like, you have to be able to stand up for yourself and you have to be confident about this choice. And I think because of that also, like when you're confident about something, people are much less likely to poke fun at you because if you if they see that you're vulnerable and maybe a little bit um 
yeah, I guess vulnerable would be the word. It kind of opens yourself up to getting more hate. Does that make sense? I feel like if you are more confident, it just makes people leave you alone. I actually really love that perspective because on this podcast, we talk a lot about kind of the opposite approach, like be gentle on yourself. You don't have to know all the answers, which stand by that for sure. But it's almost a form of self-care to give yourself the time and space to really learn about what can support you and a big part of you feeling confident and stepping into the world confidently and not being in this insecure, vulnerable position that can inevitably hurt you is taking that time to build your strength and build your voice and practice those things. So on the one hand, be gentle if you're feeling already in a space where you're stretched, uh, no need to put that pressure on yourself. But when you're feeling in a place where you really can reach and practice things and, and learn to support your own, um, where you're standing, I think that is a a form of self-care. Of course. And like, you don't need to know data and statistics and like, like you're not a doctor. I mean, and if you are, that's great, but most likely you're not, you know, people say, Hey, where do you get your protein from? Because that's the number one question I was asked and still asked to this day. You know, if I say, Hey, you know what? Like I actually eat a lot of beans, lentils and tofu and like those and protein powder in my smoothie every morning. Those are my main sources of protein and I'm getting plenty. People are like, Oh, okay, great. And if you really want to be snarky, you can ask them where they get their fiber because I've learned <laughs> recently I've, I've learned recently that protein deficiencies are are rare. However, the majority of Americans have a fiber deficiency and that is because they are not eating enough plants. Okay, so I I love I love your story. I think it's really relatable. And the real reason we wanted to bring you on is because you've created this platform where you've reached people and and these are people, I imagine, many of them uh, who were not the biggest healthy food lovers, but you've inspired them to open up um, open up their hearts and minds to eating more plants. And uh, that is that is really, really amazing. Uh, one thing we hear a lot is that change is extremely hard and the amount of people who try to eat healthy but revert back to their older familiar habits um, is, is a great number. What advice do you have to get started with healthy eating and then to stick to it long term, especially in the face of obstacles? great question. I hear it all the time. And I would really say it's okay to take baby steps. I feel like we have this culture, especially diet culture of healthy eating being all or nothing. And it's either we're on a diet or we're not. And it doesn't have to be like that. I really view the shift of eating healthy, becoming healthier as a complete lifestyle overhaul and a lifestyle change. And it's really about taking small steps and picking one thing at a time that you can improve on to start a healthier life. So I would say don't overwhelm yourself. I I would say do not, don't overhaul your diet overnight, 
think you're going to work out seven days a week, drink 100 ounces of water, add chlorophyll to your smoothie every morning, down spirulina powder. Like You don't need to do all those things at once in order to live a healthy lifestyle. I actually think that if you start with baby steps, that it'll stick longer for the, for the long term. And I would say, look at your life because everyone starts in a different place and you have to meet yourself where you at, where you're at. You can have one person who, you know, maybe they're already vegetarian and they're super close to eating completely plant-based and, you know, maybe they're great at drinking water and they do yoga five days a week. And then you might have someone who's maybe they eat fast food every day and they've never been to a workout class and they don't drink much water like they're going to be in a very different place than someone who, you know, the you know the other type of person I described. And so you need to look at your life and your lifestyle and just pick one thing to start with that you can improve on. So maybe you're the person who's already vegetarian, maybe try having all of your dairy products switched out to be plant-based. So maybe you're drinking dairy milk in your smoothie and you're having creamer in your coffee. You're buying dairy ice cream and eating dairy yogurt. Well, they have vegan alternatives for all those things. So just switch all those out to be dairy-free options and eating dairy-free is much healthier. So I would say that is a great first step. And once you feel confident about that and that becomes a habit, you can find somewhere else in your in your lifestyle that needs tweaking like maybe you maybe you only drink one glass of water a day and you're super dehydrated and and your goal is to drink more water you can get yourself a reusable water bottle and you know you have a goal of filling it up 3 times a day because then you'll get 100 ounces of water or 80 ounces of water and it's really just about picking one thing at a time to improve on and you can just keep adding on and those habits will build. And it's it's all about habit building. Because think of something like brushing your teeth. It's a habit for everyone because you do it every single day and it's just now a part of your routine. You've done it so much. You've done it twice a day your whole life. You wouldn't think to not brush your teeth. It's just like something else in your life. You, you can do it for anything. And when people... When people ask, you know, is it hard for you to eat vegan now? Like, is it is it tough every day for you to eat plant-based? I'm like, well, no, because it's become a habit and it's my routine. And I don't think of eating any other way because it's been incorporated into my life now for so long. And that really goes for anything. So I would say, start with one thing, do that, make it a habit. And once you're confident with that, move on to something else. I I agree. I'm actually in... in this healthy um i'm attempting to be healthier than i have been i've been vegan for a really long time and even though i know all of the things sometimes life gets the best of me and i look for convenient foods that are really fast to throw together and sometimes they're processed uh, i get a lot of samples in the mail so i have stuff in my freezer or i have things in a box uh, that I could quickly whip together. And and I, I do appreciate those existing, but I sometimes have relied on them too much when I'm busy. And I have, I would say over the past month, decided that I want to eat healthier and feel better and be stronger 
physically. So I'm working out again and I'm drinking more water. Actually, that's the only thing I drink. And, um, and I, I would say for me, one of the best ways that I've been able to deal with the change is, um, is to not think about it in a restrictive way and to be okay if i if i wanted a piece of chocolate or or uh, maybe that's not it a cookie at someone's house or um to not feel like i can't enjoy food and instead look for healthier versions of things that i already love and also to have food prepared um actually right now Right before this call, Michelle and I were were working and uh, I was so hungry and I thought I didn't have anything made, but I had some leftovers from dinner last night. I made a quinoa dish and I had some um, chopped bell pepper and some chopped cucumber and chopped tomato. And I threw that in a whole wheat tortilla with some hummus and it was a fantastic wrap. So the those are some things that are helping me as I'm currently on my healthy girl journey. I love that. And you're so right. It can really be about adding an abundance rather than restricting and depriving yourself. Like if you, if you don't want to start like eating healthy or living a healthy lifestyle, it doesn't have to be about taking things away. It can be about adding things into your life. So adding a walk every day, adding water into your life, adding vegetables to your plate. So if you would rather add things to your life rather than take away, that's a really healthy way about going about transforming your life. There are also some practical things I wanted to ask you. Like, what about the effort? Uh, I just mentioned that I had some leftovers, but if I didn't have any leftovers and I thought I didn't, I would be scrambling because I only had 10 minutes to eat something that was, uh, I'm trying to eat mostly whole foods, plant-based. And, uh, I, I didn't have time to really prepare a meal. So I'm grateful. What are your top recommendations for people who want to throw together something really healthy, really quickly? Maybe they have, um, work then child responsibilities or work then school or they're, they're, people are so busy. Where do you find the time to prepare healthy options? So like you said, I think being prepared and having food ready in the fridge, at least somewhat ready is so important because we're all busy. We, you know, no one has time to sit there and cook lunch for 45 minutes. We're, we're all just in this kind of grab and go lifestyle and, and needing things that are convenient. And even though so many of us work from home, we still are on calls and working and doing things and like taking a break to make lunch just sometimes doesn't happen. So having food prepared in the fridge is really helpful. And I'm someone who's not I'm not meal prepping every single meal. Like I feel like there's those meal preppers where they have 10 containers of the same exact thing. It's like tofu, rice, and vegetables, and there's 10 containers already made. That's awesome if you want to do that, but that's not what I do. I prefer to have a big container of quinoa already cooked for the week, a big container of rice already cooked, or even like 
I love buying frozen uh, packets of rice from Trader Joe's or Whole Foods. Um, I love buying like the microwave rice because, you know, even though it's not ideal and it's a little bit more expensive than uh, making, you know, bulk rice at home, it's just, it takes 30 seconds and it's already made. So if at the end of the day, you're weighing eating healthy and, you know, having time for things, you know, maybe having some frozen rice packets in your freezer isn't going to be the worst thing. It's actually going to be helpful. But I would say having those things on hand, having cans of beans and chickpeas, because you don't need to cook them, they're already cooked, you can just drain and rinse them and add them into whatever you're making. So for me, like, I'll, I'll kind of give you an example. When I have 10 minutes and I need to eat lunch, I'll take one of those frozen rice packets and I'll heat it up for a minute. And then I'll drain some chickpeas and I'll cut up some, or I won't even cut them up. I'll throw in some cherry tomatoes, a handful of pre-washed spinach from the bag, um, dressing that I already have made in the fridge or some kind of bottled vegan dressing. And it literally takes five minutes. I feel like that's Michelle's style, right? Michelle, you're all about the the healthy, quick option um, with some pre-made help. I think that it is so important, like a number one essential thing for everyone to have a really quick filling go-to meal that takes five minutes that they love. For me, it's burritos. I just, I always have tortillas, but I also have like tortillas frozen in the freezer. So if I ever run out of tortillas, I have backup tortillas. And then I just, yeah, can of refried beans. Uh, same thing. I'll either have made rice, batch cooked it already, or I, I now, and thank you for giving me permission to buy frozen rice. Cause I, I always feel a little <laughs> guilty putting it in my cart when I go to the grocery store. Cause I just think, there's extra plastic, there's whatever, this is like unnecessary, but it really is necessary when you're living a busy life and it is so helpful. So one of those, if I have vegan cheese in the fridge, I'll throw that on. If I have guacamole or avocado, throw that on. Some sriracha, boom, like microwaved, done. And it takes four minutes, you know? So I think that's that's so important. Tony, what's your what's your five minute essential meal? Um, I'm I'm very similar to Danielle in that I like to have a couple things prepped. Uh, and I have a, a, everyone who knows, everyone who listens to this podcast knows I live and die by my Instant Pot. So it five minute quinoa, I, I keep a batch of that in the refrigerator. And from there, it's so easy to make wrap. And I would say wraps are the most consumed food in our home because we always have hummus. We always have whole wheat tortillas and uh, and we and we always have vegetables and those things can come together in less than 10 minutes. Totally. And also a lot of my recipes, like my life-changing salads and like a lot of like the one pot recipes I have, my pasta recipes, I'll make a batch of that for the week and it will last like four to five days in the fridge. So like my Mexican inspired one pot quinoa, my um, Thai chopped life-changing salad, my orzo life-changing salad, like all of those, like like when you first make them, some of them are warm, but like are good cold throughout the week. You don't even have to heat them up like the orzo salad. But then like the Thai chopped salad, there isn't romaine lettuce or anything. It's cabbage, which keeps really well in the fridge and won't get soggy. And those are the kinds of things that I will meal prep. So I'm not making like like I said, like individual containers of 10 of the same meal, but I'll make 
a big batch of one of my salads, like the Thai chop salad, and then I can just take portions throughout the week. Okay. What advice do you have for people who are all about your message? They are ready to sign up for healthy eating today, but their families are not on board and they don't want to cook separate meals for everybody. And that's that's a reality for so many people. They have um, a spouse or roommates or children who just are not ready. They have not made that decision for their lifestyle. Uh, how do you how do you help them through that? And how do you help them continue down the path that they want to go down that is healthy eating? So, okay, I'm going to think of the person. Well, first I'm going to talk about the person who maybe is like cooking for their spouse and their kids. Here's the thing. Growing up, and I think this might be a little bit of an unpopular opinion and a little bit of a harsh one, but growing up, whatever my mom made for dinner, whatever she packed in our lunch, that's what we ate because she had the wallet. She was going to the grocery store and she was the one cooking it for us. And we didn't really have an an option. You know, she wasn't, she wasn't making five different dinners based on our preferences for that night. She all said, Hey guys, come down for dinner. Like it's taco night. And we didn't really have a choice. We just ate it. And I wholeheartedly believe in this approach. Someone messaged me the other day. They said, Hey, Danielle, I have a six-year-old, an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. And I would like to start making more plant-based meals for my family. I would love for my whole family to be plant-based, but you know, I'm nervous to help my family shift in this direction. And I told her, I'm like, look, like I'm assuming that your six-year-old isn't the one going to the grocery store. You're going to the grocery store and you're the one who has the money and the job (laughs) and the wallet. And it sounds like you're the one who's cooking for them. So just, you don't have to make this big announcement that, you know, you're going to start making them plant-based meals. I don't, I don't think that most kids would notice if you're like, you don't have to tell them, you don't have to make it a big deal. If you make them a delicious vegan, like lentil bolognese or a lasagna or taco night with black beans instead of chicken, or even if you get like a meatless crumble, there's so many different brands. If you make these small changes and you don't make a big deal about it, I don't think it'll be too hard to shift your family in that direction. But again, like I think most people, like you're in control. If you have the wallet, if you're cooking, if you're going to the grocery store, you don't really need to ask your kids for their (laughs) opinion on you shifting your family towards eating healthier meals. And I would say, make it fun for them. It doesn't have to be a punishment. Like get them in the kitchen cooking with you, invite them to come to the grocery store, tell them to pick out, like make it a game. Be like, Hey, like, how about you guys go find a fruit you've never seen before and have like make them involved in the process and have them help you make dinner. I promise it won't be too hard if you kind of ease them into it like that and, and you don't make it a big deal. I think maybe a spouse would be a little harder because, you know, they might be used to eating meat. Um, so maybe I would say start with a meatless Monday or, you know, have a conversation with them and ask if they're open to trying some, some new recipes that you found. And I think you'd be surprised at how like delicious plant-based eating can be. If you haven't tried it yet, you know, use my recipes, Michelle's recipes, Tony's recipes. There's so many amazing 
uh, vegan food bloggers out there with food that tastes, uh, you know, just as good as those with animal products, if not better. So I would also, you know, if you're the one cooking and your spouse like wants meat in their lunch, you know, you can tell them, Hey, like you can make your own lunch. Like you don't, you can be on your own journey at the same time. That's, I have a friend who is, is vegetarian and her husband was not on board. He was supportive of her being vegetarian, but did not want to eat vegetarian himself. And she basically said the same thing, which was, um, you can, you can cook your own meat and add it to your meal if you want to. And it was so much effort that it, it, it was. He was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that, but never actually did it because he didn't want to have to cook his own chicken or or beef um, when he was the only one eating it. Just one other idea people can try. Since, Danielle, your recipes look so good and you have videos of all of them that just make you want to jump through the screen and be like, if someone would just make that for me, I would eat it and be happy. (laughs) But you could pull that out and you could give your family like, hey, scroll through here and Look, look for something that looks good and then let's make it or I'll make it or let's make it as a family or whatever. Um, so if if you're getting resistance on the not bringing up the healthy thing front and need to approach that, uh, some people will have to have to have to acknowledge like, look, we're kind of going in a healthier direction and here's why I'm so excited about it and like involve them in picking the recipes. And I think that can help make it feel like they're not losing control over what's in front of them, even though everyone who's not cooking has the ability to just cook for themselves. If they're like, whatever, seven years and above. Um, but yeah, I love, I love. And, all e- and, and even then I will say Michelle made a lifestyle change at seven years old and cooked her own food. So she decided to become vegetarian when she was a little girl and like made her own pasta and, and, and bowls of cereal and such. So even then seven isn't a hard cutoff, Michelle, as you know. True. True. Michelle, I didn't know that. That's, I feel like there, once in a while you hear about those kids who put it together about like where their food comes from. So interesting that you were one of them. You were very intuitive, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Intuitive or slow on the uptake. Cause I was, I think I was actually eight and I wonder it really took until I was eight to realize chicken came from a chicken and lamb came from a lamb and, <laughs> and whatnot. But yeah, it, it did make, take me that long to make the connection. So what does a, healthy girl day of eating look like that is really, pra- and well, everything you do is really practical, but uh, for someone just stepping in, what would your recommendation be for breakfast, lunch, and dinner that they can do quickly, that is healthy, and that is um, filling enough when you work outside of the house? Okay. So I love, if you work outside of the house, I think a smoothie is the easiest breakfast because you can blend it up in less than five minutes and then put it in a to-go cup and take it in the car. Whenever I would need to leave the house, that's just, I think, the easiest breakfast. I love, when I'm at home, I love making a superfood yogurt yogurt bowl with like vegan protein yogurt and granola and fruit and like chia seeds and 
um, I don't know, all kinds of yummy toppings and having that at home. But if you're going somewhere, I'd recommend a smoothie. And I would also recommend adding protein powder to it. It just keeps you fuller longer. So if you're going to be out and about busy, you want to make sure that your smoothie keeps you full. And I remember way back when I was just adding fruit to my smoothie and then I'd be hungry 15 minutes later. And while fruit is great and that should be in your smoothie, make sure you're adding protein powder or some kind of protein, maybe like a healthy fat, like a frozen avocado, hemp seeds, flax, chia, a nut butter, like peanut butter, almond butter, uh, sunflower butter if you have a nut allergy, and that'll help to keep you full. And then I'm not really a mid-morning snack person. Like if I get hungry in the, you know, after breakfast, I'm just going to eat lunch. And I like to do, I'm also a big wrap person. I love making wraps. Lately, I've been making this one wrap that I'm obsessed with. I do a gluten-free wrap and I'm trying to think of the company. I think it's Sana, S-A-N-A. And it's um, a coconut wrap and it has eight grams of fiber, which is great for a wrap. I think, I feel like some wraps don't have good fiber in them. But yeah, it has eight grams of fiber. And then I do, I'll either make tofu scramble and put it in there. And you can make a container of tofu scramble for the week and just add it to your wrap when you're ready. Or I'll do like the vegan just egg and I'll put it in there. And then I'll do sauteed spinach in the wrap. And I really love the Miyoko's smoked cashew cheese. Um, It's so good. It's made with miso and cashews and it's aged. So it actually tastes like an aged cheese and has a smoky smell. So it actually kind of tastes like bacon or has like a bacony smell. It's really good. And then I'll put that in the wrap and that takes me five minutes to make. Popcorn is my number one favorite snack. You can always catch me stuffing my face with popcorn. And I love fruit for a snack like pineapple, watermelon. I just feel like it's very refreshing and gives you a boost of energy. And I also love protein bars for a snack. And I really am liking the, I think it's Nugo, N-U-G-O. They have this crunchy peanut butter plant-based bar that's so yummy. It actually tastes like a candy bar. (laughs) And I also am really loving dried figs. And I'll just like keep a container on my desk and eat them while I work. They're so good. And for dinner, I love any kind of pasta dish. Specifically, I love making lentil bolognese. So instead of using meat in a bolognese, I just use like, I get this pre-steamed ones from Trader Joe's because again, like I'm lazy and it's so easy. So I'll get the pre-steamed lentils. I'll put that in a pan with a jar of marinara sauce, let that just like heat up. And then I'll pour it over like a protein pasta, like chickpea pasta, lentil pasta, or like a whole wheat spaghetti. And it's so filling and yummy. And I am a dessert girl. I always need something sweet after dinner. And I love having a piece of chocolate or I don't know, even like popcorn with dark chocolate chips. Such a good snack. And that's really my day. But it, I, I honestly eat something different every single day. I like to switch it up. I am so hungry now. (laughs) I want everything that you just described. Um, Wow. Yeah. And on the dessert front, I mean, I recently got this Yo Nana's machine. Uh, Do you guys have one of those? Yeah, they're so fun. Yes. Mm -hmm. It turns frozen bananas into soft serve, which I've long done using a blender or food processor, but it's just 
a little bit less labor intensive and it makes it feel like you are at a soft serve machine. And Danielle, you said that you had that in college and were obsessed. I was obsessed, obsessed with soft serve growing up. Favorite food. I wanted to have it at my wedding. I wanted to have one in my house. Like It's funny that you say growing up because I feel like if there was soft serve one block away now. from me you did it every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's the thing. When I went vegan, I'm like, I'll never have soft serve again. And then they started coming out with soft serve machines, places that were vegan. So I'd always get it because it's delicious. But you know what? I like the banana soft serve better. It tastes the same and it's healthy and it's amazing. And you can eat it for breakfast or dinner or dessert. And I can give it to my kid and feel just great about it. And so finding these swaps where you can take something you love and make something that you love equally and satisfies all those same things that you that were that the last food was like scratching that itch for is such an amazing it's like the ultimate life hack making the most nutritious food on the planet the most delicious food on the planet and that is what you are gold at and what for anyone for any human living today anytime we're able to make healthier choices it benefits us in the long run it benefits our family oftentimes it often it also benefits our planet and animals and it has so many positive impacts that when we can find a way to creatively make those choices easy and accessible and fun and so delicious and the ones that we don't even have to think like, oh, should I not have ice cream today even though I want it? You're like, yes, let's have ice cream. Get out the Yo Nana's machine. It just is a... I I never expected to get to this place in life where I feel like you can with zero sacrifice at all. And in fact, the opposite, because you eat it and you feel even better afterwards rather than feeling like crud afterwards, you can have it all. So I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I love all of these tips you're sharing. And I would love to dive a little bit specifically into salad tips because I know, as we were saying, salads get kind of a bad rap. They're the lamest thing on the menu at any restaurant, (laughs) unless it's a really nice, fancy restaurant, and then you can get a good salad. But they just have a bad rap and you're you're completely transforming the way that people see salads and that I see salads and making me crave them. So can we talk about your salad tips, your salad hacks, your huge bowls and amazing dressings and what you recommend for people who maybe haven't fallen in love with salads yet because they don't know the way? Yes. Oh my God. I love a good salad. And I think sometimes we get in a little bit of a salad rut and make the same salad every time we make a salad and it's like romaine lettuce, tomato, carrots and cucumber and like a balsamic vinaigrette. Like I feel like I was also in that rut for a while and I would like go to a restaurant or someone's house and I'd have a salad that was totally different from like the boring salad I was making. I'm like, "Oh my god, like there's so many delicious salads, so many combinations with all veggies or fruit and vegetables." adding in herbs, like, oh my God, when I started adding different herbs into my salad, it just made the world of a difference. So many different kinds of dressings you can make. And once you figure out how to make the best salad combinations, you are going to crave salads all the time. And okay, one of my tips is that you got to chop everything small. I think you have to make your salad approachable. I love a chopped salad. And when you have huge pieces of lettuce, an uncut tomato, a massive piece of a carrot, like who wants, like, honestly, like, that's how you would serve a horse. 
you need to cut your salad <laughs> up. <laughs> like I literally went to a petting farm. Uh, not a petting farm. It's like more of like a like an animal rescue kind of place by me. And they have little containers of vegetables that you can give the animals. And literally, um, I said to my husband, I'm like, this looks like a salad that I used to eat before I like realized you need to cut the vegetables up super small. And um, so yeah, tip number one, chop your veggies small. And you need to like chop them small so you can easily toss them with lettuce or not toss them with lettuce, toss them with dressing. Um, I love making it in a huge bowl because then that allows you to really get the dressing all over your entire salad and coat everything super well. And then once you toss it all together, then transfer it into a smaller bowl. Like don't try to make your salad in a mini bowl because you're not going to be able to get a good dressing ratio on everything. And I would also say like, make sure you have different textures in your salad, like crunchy, um, creamy, crisp, like have a really crisp lettuce and then make a creamy dressing, maybe add some nuts or like a homemade crouton or even a crouton from the store, like whatever you want to do. But having all different kinds of textures, I think makes a salad so yummy. Um, and then adding like protein to a salad, whether it's chickpeas or black beans or like air fried tofu cubes. It just makes a salad so much more filling and satisfying. And I really am into making no lettuce salads. So like, don't even use lettuce, use cabbage, or you can do like a quinoa salad, a pasta salad, kale, like something that doesn't have lettuce. Because then as I was saying before, you can keep it in the fridge for a number of days and it's not going to get soggy or gross. Like, have you ever made a big salad with lettuce, like put all the dressing on and then like you saved it for the next day because you didn't want to waste it, but then you never even eat it because it was soggy. Like, I just want to avoid that whole situation because I hate wasting food. So a lot of my salads that I post do not have uh, lettuce. And if they do have lettuce, I would recommend like eating it fresh or, you know, not putting all the dressing on right away. But those are really my salad tips. And really like lately, my favorite thing to make creamy dressing is to use vegan yogurt instead of mayonnaise or um, dairy. I feel like there's so many dressings that I used to love growing up, like ranch, Caesar, all those creamy, creamy dressings that now, you know, are made with mayonnaise and maybe not so uh, healthy ingredients. I feel like there's eggs in a lot of dressings. And so plant-based yogurt. Is, is my new thing. It makes the creamiest dressing, but get plain unsweetened vegan yogurt. That way it's not, you know, starting off sweet and you can kind of add whatever flavors you want to add. Like I, um, I have a pasta salad recipe and I use the plant-based yogurt to make a, a creamy herb ranch dressing and it's delicious. You'd never know that it was made with yogurt. I, uh, I had the pleasure and honor of eating one of Danielle's life-changing salads and it was amazing. I'm actually I'll put that in the in the show notes so you can try it too. It was so 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 good. She the the chef herself made it and uh, best salad I've ever eaten for sure, life-changing. That's so funny. I forgot that yeah, you you came over. I think that was the day I made the mango mama salad. It was the first time I had ever made it. And I was so excited because I knew that 
Tony, you were going to be over that night and Carly from Plant You was coming over and I'm like, yay, like they get to eat my salad. I was a little nervous though, because I had never cooked for other food bloggers before. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you actually thought it was life changing. (laughs) No, it seriously was. It was so, 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 so good. Danielle, do you have any last words of advice for anyone who's ready to get started, but is feeling a little bit of a mental block uh, with healthy eating? I would just say that progress is so much more important than perfection. And having a healthy lifestyle is all about balance at the end of the day. There's no such thing as having the perfect healthy lifestyle. And as I was saying before, there's this mentality of this all or nothing approach when it comes to dieting and a healthy lifestyle. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like start with one thing. You don't have to be perfect. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. And like, have fun with it. It doesn't have to be this scary, intimidating uh, like thing. It can be so fun. Get your friends involved. As I would say, get your healthy besties involved. Maybe ha- find a buddy that you can cook healthy recipes with, whether it's like your mom, your spouse, your best friend, even your aunt. Maybe your grandma wants to make healthy recipes with you. Maybe your grandpa wants to make healthy recipes with you. I think having a buddy makes it so much more fun, but like I would say number one piece of advice, have fun with it. Eating healthy and taking care of yourself is actually so rewarding, so fun. It makes you feel so good about yourself. And once you learn how to start cooking healthy for yourself, you're just going to fall in love with it. I promise you, it like it doesn't have to be boring or intimidating. You, you're you're going to have the best time. So if you're going to start eating healthy. I wish you all the best. I'm here for you. I got you. Can follow me at Healthy Girl Kitchen. I have so many recipes for you to start with that taste amazing and they're super good for you. You got this. I am here to support you. <laughs> and we will definitely include all of Danielle's links in the show notes. And we're just so grateful for you to be on our podcast today, Danielle. It's a real pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun, girls. One more quick reminder to check out our sponsors of this episode. We've got Maxine's Heavenly for some yummy, healthier for you cookies that are made with oats. And you can find them at maxinesheavenly.com and you can get their special podcast code 25% off with the code PLANTS25. And then you can also check out Carviva if you want to get some great tasting organic juices, smoothies, or try their alcohol-free unwind drinks. Check them out at Carviva.com. Danielle is so nice and her tips are really accessible and practical, easy to apply to your own life. I know I I feel like in general, the Plant Powered People podcast has really been inspiring me to eat healthier. And I hope that that's the same for you. Michelle and I have both been looking more critically at what we eat and, and are trying to make sure that we're making healthy choices um, and prioritizing wellness overall. So we hope that you are feeling similarly after these episodes. And thank you again to Danielle for joining us on the Plant Powered People podcast.
Thank you, Danielle. And for all those listening, I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are longtime listeners. We see you. We love you. We hear your messages. Thank you so much for sending them over in our podcast reviews. We love that. Uh, But we also, if you're new here, um, you can find a ton of our recipes over at World of Vegan uh, for my side of things and Plant Based on a Budget for Tony's side of things. And Tony, do you want to share your new website? Oh, yes. I have a new website called foodsharingvegan.com. And it's a little bit different than plant-based on a budget because there is no super tight budget component. And I use things like a pressure cooker and air fryer and things like that. So check it out, foodsharingvegan.com. And we also are relaunching World of Vegan with a whole new design. I'm not sure if it will be up yet when this episode comes out, but it might. So please check it out. I hope you all have the most beautiful day. Eat lots and lots of plants, lots of colors, and we will talk to you in the next episode.